I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast that gives it a tra- gives it a crack. We try our best to cover the NBA playoffs. We've been gone for too long, but we're back now. Um, it's called Advanced Analytics. My name is Guy Williams. I'm joined by my brother, Paul Williams. Uh, hello. I just want to clarify that JT and I didn't realize we'd been gone for any time at all because we were recording <laughs> episodes, but Guy wasn't able to release them for some reason. <laughs> we're, we're also joined by um, uh, my friend JT. Hello. Um, yeah, I wasn't aware either. I was blissfully <laughs> unaware. Someone was, was commenting on podcast. There were there were people messaging me on Instagram, being like, "Bring back the podcast," and I was like, <laughs> yeah. we, "What do you mean? We haven't stopped it." We Turns ain't stopped, baby, and we're never stopping. It's time for Advanced Analytics. Ladies and gentlemen, are you guys having your minds blown with how good the NBA playoffs are right now? As long as I don't watch the Eastern Conference. Every, sec- every second day, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> oh, is it, that how it works? Is one day Western, one day Eastern? I didn't think nah, about that. Nah, they, they mix it up, but it tends to be they, they lump up a couple of real stinkers on one day usually. I, I literally, what I want to do to create a running order for this podcast, I, um, I went through each of the series from most interesting to least interesting, putting Clippers versus Dallas one and Toronto versus Brooklyn last. And it literally went west, 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 east, 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 east. It's crazy. Just the standard of teams in the east, you know, those top teams are so good that <laughs> it's harder for those middle tier teams. You know. Well, I look forward to hearing. I look forward to hearing your takes on Magic Bucks because that has been, um, yeah, it's been better than expected. You'd love to see Ennis getting major minutes in the playoffs, and I'll tell you what, Paul. <laughs> No, seriously, I I laughed at you when you brought up Ennis a few weeks ago, but look, he's won me over. I don't remember what I said about James Ennis, but... Oh my God, you were talking about James Ennis? I thought you were talking about... First, I thought it was Ennis Cantor, and then I was like, oh no, it mustn't be Ennis Cantor because he plays for the Celtics. They must have Tyler Ennis. You can't just call him one name if he's James Ennis. He's he's not famous enough. No, but if I say Madonna, who do you think of? Madonna. It's the same, exact same. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Um, uh, okay, what, what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about the NBA playoffs, and I was in the group chat losing my mind, and I just couldn't believe there wasn't more enthusiasm. Game four, Clippers, Mavericks, Luka Doncic playing on a sprained ankle without his second best player, playing... The odds-on favourites to win the chip had a 43-point triple-double and hit the buzzer beater to win the game. We are witnessing the birth of the next LeBron, Michael Jordan, Bird, Magic, Kareem. This is – I can't get hyped enough for this. Yeah, you love to see it. But I've got a question. 
So I've never been in one to one of those guys that like um, gets into the basketball shoe leads to injury guys, you know, like the <laughs> Grant Hill. But but what? But Luka Doncic wears the most budget Jordans you can. Those like Jordan Reacts <laughs> are the ones that you get from Rebel Sport for like ninety bucks. JT, yeah, pick, pick your standards up, mate. Get some thirty fours. JT, how is this your first observation from the? The playoffs so far that Luka Doncic is wearing low cut cost Jordan sneakers. It just annoys me. I have some self respect. <laughs> Paul, uh, on the on the shoe situation. No, I actually no, haven't no. noticed what shoes he's wearing. No, no, on the Clippers but, versus Dallas. Um, yeah. Well, I was okay in that last game. I hadn't seen most of the game. I think I'd watched the condensed highlights until the kind of near the end with like a few minutes to go kind of thing and like maybe five minutes left. And I was getting ready to, to, to comment about how unclutch Luca was because I feel like the Mavs are just so bad at losing tight games at the end. Yes, they are. They have been all year. He had a position as where he shot a bad step back three that airballed really bad, like right in the clutch. And I remember yeah. being like, man, I'm, and then he, he kind of uh, stopped what I was going to say right at the end. Say, well, say he stopped himself. what everyone was going to say. Here's a John Schumann stat for you. With one minute left, Luka Doncic this season was zero from 10 on shots in the last minute to tie or take the lead. He finished that game three of 13. It's amazing. I can't remember what commentator. Wait, what? I can't remember what commentator said it, but one of them. It was probably oh, that real dumb, dumb Chris Webber. But he said something like, "Luca's biggest strength is his confidence," but it actually is at times. He's just a, like he's obviously amazingly skilled, but he just has the most unbelievable confidence. Same, mm. same for um, same for a lot of NBA players. We'll talk about Paul George in a minute because I think his problems seem to have something to do with. Um, confidence, Paul. Did you not understand that that stat? Luka Doncic had oh, it made no, one. No, I figured it out. So he was oh, he was one from ten or something. Zero from ten, and then oh, he hit no. three. He yeah, hit three so, of yeah. them. So to put him up to three from thirteen. Uh, no, no. Yeah, I thought you were saying he shot three of thirteen in the last but, minute of that. But game do you guys think like, this is the bad. birth of something? Are we seeing something amazing but, here? Are we seeing the future of the NBA? But I think he was. I think he was birthed. I think the future was birthed when he was winning. When he hit that game winner for Real Madrid as like a porky seventeen-year-old. Oh yeah. Okay. We all wish we were like on top of the world. Like no, but you seriously, were, like ahead of the curve. But I think he was like we already. <laughs> he was on top of the world. The legend was the legend was born like first year. Well, two NBA teams, admittedly stupid NBA teams, passed on in the draft, and everyone on Reddit loves to be like, "Oh, how dumb do the Kings look?" He wasn't a consensus number one going into the draft. Like a lot of people said he was, but like not every most experts were saying it was a you know it was a risk. I took him first. I'm not a professional NBA commentator, and I took him first in a draft. You should be. We should be paying <laughs> you for the the quality of your takes, mate. It, I mean, when you think about him being MVP of the Euro League, you're like. There's no way he shouldn't have not, at that age. Yeah, there's but, no way it doesn't matter. DeAndre Aiden. There's no way he shouldn't have not been number one. No, but don't you think it's hard to gauge how good the Euro League is? Like, I mean, this is a pretty good I indication, think, but yeah, I almost think the opposite. Like, I think I've overrated how good rookies are, and then I saw RJ Hampton, and I was like, oh, they don't really seem that good <laughs> yeah. at all. But also, I I always just think one thing that's underrated, and Luka Doncic has talked about it, is that it's so much harder to score 
playing like FIBA rules, aka Euro League and Australian League. Like it's so much harder to look um, amazing. I think, yeah. like you can't just because of the you know teams just play zone, and so you can't really. It's harder for individuals, I think, to be incredible, is what I'll say. So for but, Luka Doncic to be MVP, playing Euroleague rules is crazy. I think. So, so I've got, yeah, I've got an observation that I don't think many people clocked at the time. Everyone said he's too slow to make it in the NBA, and he is slow, but he's also huge, and big yeah. slow guys with skill can be successful, like Jokic. But it doesn't matter that he's slow because he's massive. Yeah. And Luke is a big old boy. It it, it is. Young he's not boy. the most. He's often, but except when he's hitting long step back threes with a bit of razzle dazzle, he's not necessarily the most exciting player to watch. He's a great passer, but like those slow euro steps down the lane are not always the. You know, it's not. It's not exactly Jar Morant. You know, it's not going to get the people going, kind of thing. Mm, but the being watchable isn't always the best thing. Like a player I famously dislike, Russell Westbrook, I'd say. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I'm you about to compliment him. Russell Westbrook this early in the podcast. He's not even playing. No, no, no. But all I'm, all I'm saying is he's got some, like he's a absolute highlight machine, but you, you wouldn't want him to be your main guy to try and win a, a championship. I, I, anyone, anyone see Russell Westbrook today? Where I was like, "Who's this weird fan who's got onto the court? This tiny little guy in a um, in a Kobe singlet, just running around on the court being a weirdo." And then I was like, "Oh my god, it's Russell Westbrook!" Man, the real Finals MVP is Westbrook's sideline fashion. The first game, <laughs> leather shorts, pair of like high top blazers. Man, <laughs> he's phenomenal. You can I, I honestly don't. I think he's the. I think he's the best dressed athlete ever. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I'm just trying to think. Michael Jordan was pretty fashionable back in the day. I can't even think of a list of good dressed athletes. Yeah, but you see, he, you see Jordan now, and it's not intentional. Like so he was yeah. just—I think he just fell. He fell like into a, a like a fashion trend that suited him at the time that he was the most popular athlete. Who, who are other fashionable athletes? So I can't really think of many who like. He definitely helped blaze the Demari way for like. Carroll? <laughs> there's, a the wannabes, there's a few wannabes in, yeah Damari's there he's in the Rockets is he? yeah it's like man with Harden Westbrook and Damari Carroll it's like they're, they're, they're picking players mainly on guys who <laughs> are going to rock up in real swaggy outfits <laughs> but there's a lot of NBA players who do that now but I, I, I think if you're going to play that Charles Barkley you know how Charles Barkley plays that game who he play for um, you'd be pretty safe to guess now if you just guess um uh, Clippers, Rockets, or Lakers, they've signed so many like players off waivers and stuff that like you'd be pretty pretty good chance they're playing for one of those teams, you know? Mm. But hey, Luca you know, feels like... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, you know, speaking of fashionable um, uh, sportsmen, friend of the uh, podcast, Joe and I were talking about fashionable footballers. And I've got really got... I feel like footballers saw what was happening in the NBA and tried to pull it off themselves, but always look mm. real tragic. I don't think footballers have the body type to like do cool fashion. Also, like when you think about most European, most footballers are like Europeans or South Americans, like a lot of the top guys. Don't you think like 
it's they're always like a little bit behind. They've got whack-ass stars, is what you want to say. You want to say that Croatian guys wear bedazzled (laughs) jeans and listen to EDM. That's what you want to say. Is Eurotrash offensive? We can say that, eh, Eurotrash? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Can we say bitch-ass white boy? (laughs) Definitely. Oh, my God. Hey, that was my most hated thing about the NBA coming back was that, so I don't know if you guys watched the same feed as I did, but on the, it must have been TNT, I can't remember, it was the Jeff Van Gundy one, whatever he does. They, uh, they after one of the timeouts, they had the most scripted thing where Van Gundy and Jackson were like, oh, yeah, Doc Rivers had a talk to him. You know, we we don't want racist or race-based language. Like, why didn't one of them just say, the NBA just, like, has this big image of being so progressive, but they kowtow to the conservatives in America so easily. They should have just said, it is by definition not racist to say white boy because white people <laughs> are not the, the victims of systemic racism. Also, white boy white boy is not a slur. It's like a funny joke, like exactly. pretty fly for a white, a white guy. I mean, bitch ass isn't great. Let's I be mean, honest. Wh- white boy is, um, I mean, it's scientifically accurate. <laughs> um, but Reddit <laughs> lost their mind. It, I, I tried to see if it was the most commented on post. Um, sorry, one of my earbuds just fell out of my ear. Um, uh, Reddit lost their mind. Like, I was trying to see what the most commented posts of were of the year, and of course, Kobe Bryant's passing was number one and two by a mile. But then there's not many um, uh, discussions. That, I mean, it probably got peel from the Donald and other subreddits coming in to weigh in on this great. Uh, discussion, but people were really, really offended by bitch ass white boy. And I think it was just, it was a sign of the climate. And I just didn't understand. I thought, I mean, it was said with quite a bit of anger, but it was, it's quite a funny thing to say in trash talk, I reckon. Yeah. But, and if you're an idiot, if, if you're an idiot, then bitch ass white boy is a sort of thing that Ben Shapiro <laughs> says on Twitter, oh, that's racist. And you're like, yeah, that is racist, double standards, yeah. <laughs> because you're too stupid to understand, even look up in a dictionary the definition of racism. Yeah, and, and the people on Reddit, and they're getting massive upvotes, were saying like, oh, and Luca has equality on the back of his jersey as well. Like, as in like, oh, here he is, Luca's being the best guy how, in the world. How do they know? Yeah. It's some bloody Slovenian. It could say bitch-ass white boy for all they know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the irony is, is that that bitch-ass white boy is destroying Harold in particular. Like, he's literally, pl- I know he's destroying everyone, but like, Harold cannot be on the court as the same time as type as uh, time as Luca. That's the real weird thing. And then later in the um, was it the next game or the same game? Seth Curry um, scored on PG and called him a bitch ass, which I thought was quite funny. Oh, I, don't I, know if that was a, I think he said callback. that to Montrez, didn't he? Nah, he said it to PG. Gave him the oh. point. Oh yeah, that uh, doesn't even make really make sense then because no. <laughs> poor PG. The, the, I, I see why PG's muted his Instagram comments. He's getting bullied. Yeah, so we should we for should no talk reason. about nah, we should talk we, we should reason. we should talk about PG because for a start it is just amazing. Seth Curry calling PG a bitch ass is just fascinating. For people who don't know, the story is I don't know if this is true. I got it from Reddit, but the story is that Seth Curry married Doc Rivers' daughter, who is Paul George's ex. Who I sound like a woman's magazine now. I eh? who um, PG apparently cheated on her with a stripper who who's he now married to, which is lovely. Yeah, he's married, having a second kid. Congratulations. But still, like PG was hot. Like, there's got to be some animosity there. And yeah, wait, just, like, who was the... that? Wait, you, you, you said that in a really confusing. Uh, yeah, way. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm, I've really, I'm studied up on this. Okay, so Step in there. 
So, right. So, um, Paul. Paul George was formerly with Doc Rivers' daughter, who is now married to, to Seth Curry, right? Yes, that's and, crazy. And they broke up because Paul George had an affair with a stripper. I mean, I don't know why a profession's important guy, but she was a stripper. And <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I thought it was what was he? He got her pregnant. What was he? He was a professional basketball slash stripper. He was getting into the. That's how he met her. Actually, he was learning <laughs> the, um, could core strength that pole dancing class. So he met her and got her pregnant. Their relationship ended, uh, and then Seth Curry slid in on in, in there. And then he called him a bitch ass during a game. Amazing. I, so I do I do remember re- like reading about that, but I forgot about that as an added storyline in the series. That's crazy. So I've got a question for you guys. Who is worse? Like who is killing the Clippers more? Doc Rivers being like just the worst coach I've ever seen or Paul George? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to say George because if he, if he just hit like two more shots a game – they probably would be up 3-1 right now. Uh, it's wrong answer. Oh, no, sorry, Paul. I'll let, I'll let you answer first. Damn it. Uh, well, I'm going to go um, Doc Rivers. Correct. My gut. I'm going to go with my gut. That's correct. Luka Doncic yes. is, is shooting 40% when Zubak is on the floor, right? And he shoots like 70 when Harold's there. Sort it out, Doc. It's easy. I thought the small ball kind of worked, though, when they took both of them off and just put Kawhi manning up Doncic. I thought that worked okay. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you the other strategy that doesn't work is Richie Jackson, after not trying on defense for his whole career, now suddenly thinking he's Pat Beverly. And as soon as the screen comes, he's like, I'm on it. I'll take the switch. I'm on this guy. <laughs> and you history was made. I, I do think I do think the Clippers just have so much more talent, and I mean PG just playing a little bit better because he should be a weapon on defense, even if he can't play offense. So he should be able to help out on Luca. You don't even notice him on defense either. Um, he should be able to help on Luca as well. But um, I do think on paper, especially with the Mavs missing a couple of key players due to COVID and whatnot and injury, um, it's just crazy. I think this should have been quite easy for the Clippers. It still should be, I think. But, um, yeah, Doc has made some major errors and Paul George it seems to be, like, mentally um, just lacking confidence and really falling apart. One more observation just on Luca. Did either of you see the fact that um, – you might have seen this clip, but in the huddle before the last play, so Rick Carlisle's drawing up that, like, double screen, Luca's not watching at all. He's flipping a bottle over and over. <laughs> like, not looking <laughs> – not engaged in any way, just flipping a bottle, trying to land it on its end. Like the, I just the don't. Uh, yeah, the kid's bit like it's just it's crazy that you can be that young, that confident, but not be like an arrogant fuckwit that everyone hates. What What do we think is going to happen tomorrow in Game Five, though? Do we think he's going to be able to back it up, or he he gets locked down by Kawhi and they lose by thirty? Is well, what's Pat Bev's status? Because I don't see it going that well if Pat Beverly's on him. No, Pat Bev um, played Game One, got like five fouls in the first quarter, and had to sit out, didn't he? Yeah, but it's just more from the energy level. Like Luca must Pat, be gassed. I mean, Pat Bev's going to fail out most games, I reckon, right? Yeah, but his like main, not, his main thing is just <laughs> fouling out. I actually like his presence more than your um, Russell Westbrook comment because Westbrook has full mental energy. But I like Pat, Pat Bev. He's just like kneeling all game on the scoreboard, just staring at the action. Like he's in every play. Like uh, I enjoy his tenacity on the sideline. And um, I also enjoy Paul. Who's your favorite player who's on the on the bench for the Clippers who never plays and always wears wears weird clothes? 
Um, Noah. Tall guy from the Bulls, Jokey Noah. Noah. Oh, Jokey Yeah, who was wearing track pants and, and scuffs the other day. What a legend. <laughs> I loved um, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we move on to Houston um, OKC? I've got um, one, one pet bit of observation that I just wanted oh, to get sorry. in there real quick. Sorry. Have you seen the clip, the, the latest mic'd up, like, sort of mega clip that's going around in the games now? No. It's like, oh, man, you've got to check it out. It's Mario Hezonia just says, that's a bucket. That's oh, a yeah. bucket. The same, and, but, but, <laughs> I did actually see that. But that Patrick Bev- Patrick Beverly, I was really, like, hyped up when it was zoomed in on him because I thought he'd be, like, screaming profanities, like, get him, kill him. And he just says the lamest stuff. It's really, he's absolutely plummeted in my stocks. No, I, I hate to ruin it for you or maybe save Beverly for you, but you know they edit out all the kill-ems and get-ems and stuff like that. Oh, there. really? Oh, that yeah. does save him, yeah. So whenever they record the timeouts or the mic tape, they run it past the team PR person and then the team PR person cuts out everything good and, and leaves you with, you know, both teams played hard. Um, we need to play defense. We need to hustle. We need to... Um, pass the ball, which Some is what they end up with. I liked, um, I liked Jimmy Butler hijacking Tyler Hero's one by talking into his mic. <laughs> shout out to his mom. <laughs> That's a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I, m- I miss Mario Hazonia. When I saw that, I thought, man, that's the only way that this magic season could get any better. <laughs> a bit of Hazonia. <laughs> with those high socks, uh, high oh, man, black would- socks. He would be absolutely thriving right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll get to I'll get to the magic series, but and I'll explain why he'd be thriving. But well, I don't know if we will get to the um, uh, magic series at the rate we're going, but we'll we'll pick up the pace a bit. Houston versus OKC. Um, I can't pick this either way. Um, JT, you must be fizzing though, loving it. I've got it. So I've got a proclamation. This is the best first round playoffs that in my. I don't know. Fifteen years of watching the NBA, like really seriously, this is my this is my favorite first round playoff series. Love it's it. so good. Yeah, loving Dort. Oh my god, just feed me, just mainline me, Dort. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting to see Paul George versus, uh, sorry, uh, Chris Paul versus James Harden, and I feel like Chris Paul at this point, all he wants to do in his life is just ruin James Harden's life. And he's tackling him to the floor. He's trash talking him. He's splashing threes in his face. Like it's just, it's a pleasure to watch. Really, he did try and shit housery. I actually did see a clip of him. Tro- he stuck out his foot, try and trip him up. But um, <laughs> but I want to say that that tackle to the floor was so comical. No, he he had his hands wrapped around him, which is annoying because it's like you don't need to do that. Just put Paul, your arms um, out. JT, do you know what Paul's talking about here? Yeah, of course, of course. The inbound foul, the inbounds, where, where, yeah. they, where he stopped the offensive player having movement. Yeah, so he so he stopped the offensive player having movement. So foul, but James Harden was not tackled to the floor. James Harden dove into him, just his legs yeah. just dove out from under him. It was crazy. Yeah. So it was like the annoying thing is with Chris Paul is like all you need to do is DM up, aka Marcus Smart, and chances are James Harden's going to push off or something. And probably will foul you, but just don't wrap him up with your arms. Because I, I thought Chris, it, it, what what I loved about that is that that got sorted out. You know, they put that to review and spent half an hour watching that um, tussle on slow replay. The ne- very next play, Houston gets the ball again, tries to inbound it, and OKC just goes out there and just tackles the guy again. It was awesome, man. Chris Paul, I think honestly, I think pathologically, just would prefer to get 
the, like the joy of getting a cheap foul than winning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I support it. And that's, you know, when we're talking about cheaters, that's exactly like my mentality. I reckon that someone, I wonder if anyone in the advanced analytics um, community, not our community, but the broader, the broader um, AA community, has actually calculated the value of an early, like a, a foul drawn away from the play. Because Chris Paul, Wait, you know, early in a game. Well, not even early, but you know how Chris Paul sometimes he'll be a fast break and he'll have like four. It'll be like a four on one in his favor, and he'll do that weird slow up thing so the guy running behind yeah, him crashes yeah. in. But I wonder <laughs> yeah. if actually racking up fouls is more valuable than getting that bucket because you assume you've got a fifty percent chance getting it anyway. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I do long... think um, annoying the opposition is an underrated skill. <laughs> Massively. And, Paul, and Chris Paul is like the human embodiment of that, you know, the latest Curb Your Enthusiasm season. Like, he effectively is a spite shot. I have not well, seen that season. Well, well, well um, speaking of annoying the opposition, that's all about Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly in game one getting um, Paul Zingas ejected on um, two pretty soft techs, but... Um, it, it felt like even, yeah, just with as in the, the bitch-ass white boy and stuff like that, like they really did rile Luca for um, for a couple of games there and it did seem to be quite effective in terms of throwing him off, although he did splash the I game think winner. If I face. made the NBA, my role would definitely be guy to go in and get cause a double ejection with a player who's much better, better yeah. than me. Yeah, um, yeah that's and, true. And uh, I'll tell you who executed it to perfection the other day. Marvin Williams, you might know him. He took out James Ennis. <laughs> and I was like, James Ennis, you can't be fallen for this. We need you. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you. You've got to watch more New Zealand NBL because my boy Damien Iconacio on the Wellington Saints. Um, if you don't know him, JT, he's the legendary captain of the Wellington Saints, has been for about 12 years. He doesn't start, which is quite unusual for a captain. He barely like plays a, any minutes. R and B group, isn't he? A music. Yeah, he's an R and B singer as well in his spare time. But um, Damien or Damo, as he gets very angry if you call him that, he comes on in like the semi-finals of the New Zealand League. Um, Wellington are getting lit up by the seven-foot centre for Hawks Bay, who's an Australian import from the Boomers. Damien, Damien just goes out there and no straight, no shit on the first play, just. Tackles the guy, just two hand grabs him and just drags him to the ground. This guy's seven foot. Damien is about six one, if lucky, and uh, gets gets first tick doing that. Second tick, getting his arm tangled with him on the next rebound down the court. They both get ejected, and Wellington wins the game. And that's New Zealand basketball, baby, living the dream. Wow, I love this guy. It's great. Defense. Can I do a real quick? Can I do a real quick Rocket Man? Yeah, get yeah. it in there, man. I got. I got. Did you say no, Paul? I said, yeah. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> but actually now, I've thought about it, no. Oh, don't change your mind. Nah, okay, you can do it, you can do it. So I think, so I want the Thunder to win because I love Chris Paul, but the Rockets have proven Dan and Tony right. Stephen Adams is, un- they can't even play him. Like, it, it, he's basically unplayable. Oh! Just in this season. Uh, just in this noise? Series. It was me feeling disrespected by the lack of mana Okay, I don't know the right word. Definitely not the right application. What's what? Okay, what's the word, what's the multi word for respect shown towards the New Zealand boy Stephen at Steve O Adams saying he should get off the court? That's ridiculous. Anyway, my point is, well, I don't think it's really that offensive. It's just like it's just unfortunate for him that the game's changed. But that's Rocket, tapu, bro. That's tapu. 
the Rockets should have won both those games, especially this game today. They shot shockingly. But anyway, Dan and Tony has clocked basketball. And that's Dan and Tony. Dan and Tony. Dan and his friend Tony. <laughs> yeah, Dan and Tony. To- and Tony. Uh, they have clocked basketball and it's good night basketball. It's over. So, so you, re- you reckon the Rockets are looking good? I think regardless, I'm not saying this Rockets team will do it. But this style of basketball is completely pro- proven. Like, there's no questions so, anymore. So you mean entirely small ball and then yep, push the pace? All, just all wings and, like, just all people the but, exact same size shooting threes. But don't you think the dream would be that they were, like, I don't think being small is a prerequisite. No, I, you don't have to be small. That's what I mean. It doesn't matter what yeah. size you are. You just have to be able to stand around the three-point line and shoot and defend. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, um, yeah. This is why we're all fantasizing about round two, Lakers, a.k.a. big idiot team, versus Rockets, a.k.a. small speedy team. Like, that is the dream, right? Yeah, big time. Uh, Like, that's going to be an absolute shit show. Like, I just can't – like, Rockets Thunder is already a bit of a mess, and I just can't imagine this Lakers team. There's going to be a lot, a lot. There's going to be, like, a record number of dunks and alley-oops. Um, but still, the Rockets three three is more than two. And if Westbrook comes, who knows? They might get worse no, keep, if Westbrook comes. Yeah, back. keep Westbrook out. I actually think that they might just like they. If I was Dan and Tony or Dan and Tony, I would do a fake COVID test on Westbrook. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you could. Get, <laughs> You could get away with it. You know, it. They, they, they could just bench him. You know that. You don't have to do a fa- You don't have to do like. Oh a yeah, I don't think that's, that's going to go could. down. I don't yeah. think you can check. <laughs> When has anyone just just benched Westbrook? Like, when has he been healthy to play? And they've been like, "Oh, we, he, he just wasn't right today." He wouldn't have played for the last five years if that was. We hate we hate on Westbrook so much <laughs> that we've managed to hate on him in a series that he hasn't even played a game in yet. And, I love his um, fashion. I mean, it, the Rockets do look like they need him just in the because I mean, literally, Paul George is just turning it into a mud fight down the end. Uh, sorry, um, not Paul What's George, the, Chris Paul. George. Chris Paul's turning it into a mud fight down the end, and you need Westbrook to go in there and fight someone, or so I don't know. Bit more, I, a bit more mongrel from the Rockets, maybe. We got to talk about James Harden though, because I feel like every time I watch him, he's getting more and more. He looks more and more like a guy on YouTube doing an impersonation <laughs> of James Harden. He's gaining weight. He, he's so out of shape, <laughs> and he looks <laughs> like he. It's like comedy to watch him. Like it's running around, he effect. just he looks so funny. Like he's got like a real big bum, a huge <laughs> yeah. beard. Like he looks like a, a player you've created on um <laughs> on like NBA two K or whatever. And he he like literally does plays so often where he's like there at the three point line, just dribbling it back and forth real fast between his legs without moving for mm. like five seconds. It's so bizarre. I I, I always wish in a game of football. I wish we could do a test. We just get two professional teams into Milan versus Milan, and they play a game where all the players agree for one game to never f- fall when they take contact, unless they can't stop themselves from falling, and to um, yeah, to never milk a penalty and just see what soccer actually looks like. And I have the same theory for James Harden, where I would just love James Harden to play a game where he just tried to play the best he could play and not worry about drawing fouls or um, playing as efficiently as possible and just went out there and just tried to blitz dudes. 
Because, you know, when you see him cross a guy up and drive to the hoop, it is electric. And it's just a shame he, he settles for the step back more and more. Yeah. But he, he's doing that to win, right? You, you, you disagree? You like the shithousery? Yeah, I'm all for it. I just I just think it's like change the rules if you don't like it. And no, I no, see no, you can't. You to... can't though. It's like rugby where it's just it's just too hard. Like same with Kyle Lowry, same with Damian Lillard. Like you've got to be a little bit annoyed sometimes at like the, I do think there's too going much... around a scream and just throwing it at the at the. Hook. I have I have no numbers to say, but I think foul calling is up in the bubble. Yeah, and I agree. some of it seems soft. Like, well, there's I, some I, soft fouls being called. I, I wanted to talk about, uh, well, but then again, they do miss, and they, there is a few playoff calls where they miss quite obvious fouls down the stretch. Um, Denver, um, uh, Utah, um, we should probably move on to that game now, where um, it's literally, you know, the game is on the line. This is a crucial game three. And, um, you know, there's two points in it, and Harris drives the lane. Who's the best player on um, Denver? Not um, Jokic, the, Murray, the guard who Jamal scored 50 Murray. points. Jamal Murray. Murray. Murray drives the lane. He he makes it all the way to the basket. He approaches Gobert. Gobert um, uh, changes his shot and then fouls him massively on the wrist um, before he can release it. And it just doesn't get cold and the game's over and Utah wins. And, and he's complaining. And you go, well, that's playoff basketball. But at the same time, that is just a a blatantly obvious foul and you can't um you can't check it because you can only check it if the ref have blown their whistle so if there's no whistle like you got to feel egregious about that agree um is it that time right about that time well yeah i've got about seven other games to get to before we get okay. to the magic but we may as well jam them jazz. Jazz. now I just want to shout out all my door all the door heads out there i know a few, there's a few dot maniacs that listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, keep it going, guys. Are we no, oh, okay? We'll go, we'll go to the magic now. It's that no, time. No, 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 the- no. It's not that time. It's it's been pushed. Let's talk jazz, jazz nuggets. Donovan Mitchell is averaging thirty nine points, uh, almost five rebounds, and almost six assists per game while shooting fifty five percent from the floor. It's pretty impressive. Fifty one from three. I got three words for you guys. What determination over negativity. Wow. Don. Yep. He's <laughs> the, mo- <laughs> the moment wow. I looked up what that stood for on his shoes was the moment I knew he'd be a superstar. Love it. He wrote, he wrote that on his shoes, did he? Determination over negativity. Yeah, so his shoes are called the Don, right? And it doesn't stand for Donovan Mitchell. It stands for determination over negativity. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Um, shout out to – I don't think anyone in our picking – our picking competition picked um, uh, Utah to win, and right now they're up three-one and looking pretty good. I mean, Denver's without Gary Harris and Will Barton, but um, well, I think it's a I, little bit of a surprise to see. I Utah owe Donovan so Mitchell well. an apology because Me too. I. So I've been a guy who really has rated the Jazz the last few years and maybe been a bit burned by them in the playoffs, massively. Um, and this year, I kind of bought into the fact that. Oh, they don't have um, Conley for a few games, even though he was pretty bad. He was on my fantasy team during the regular season. But um, Bogdanovich, or yeah, Bogdanovich, he um, without him, it was like they just won't have the scoring. Like a great defensive team, they won't have the scoring. But Donovan Mitchell has been unreal. Like I watched one Jazz game in the bubble, and I was like, oh yeah, the Jazz are done. Like you know, he 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 barely you barely noticed Donovan Mitchell, and he has just 
absolutely impressed me. Like he's averaging yeah. forty points in the playoffs. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think Denver is a bit shit, and um, I do think whoever wins this series is going to get cooked by whoever wins Clippers or Mavs, probably Clippers, um, just because you can't rely on one man that much and be successful in the playoffs. But um, it is, it's fun. It's a fun ride. Mm. I actually think the I was thinking this very thing, guy, but I think the Mavericks, uh, the Mavericks Jazz would be incredible and would just be like 160 points a game. Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The Nuggets defense, I think, has just been pretty poor. And um, I mean, what are the Jazz going to do when the Nuggets realize you can you can double team Donovan Mitchell? Like, what what what, what are they going to do? Like, they they really are like skint in terms of depth. Whereas you know. Other series have a lot more players to throw at things. Quick question um, for you, Reddit heads. How did Reddit take it that Michael Porter Jr. sucks? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, everyone was on the Michael Porter Jr. Um, train for a couple of games, but he just can't play good enough defense, right? Well, I saw one game where he looked awesome. And Defending? I was like, ah, no, I didn't really watch that. I think I watched Condense. <laughs> but he looks so, like, his... His, he just pulls it like a man would just be marking him on the three point line and he just rises up and he's like pretty tall and just jacks it in their face and just so silky, so handsome. But yeah, you're right. I did not see him play defense. So can't speak on that. I, I don't think the series is over. Like I think Denver can get it together, but look, they've looked so bad. Um, it's hard to imagine, but I'm just really shocked because um, I'd completely run off Donovan Mitchell. And yeah, it's what a bad luck out. not having Gary Harris and Will Barden, right? Yeah, Will Barden. Like, I, Will Barden, I think, is massive for them. Yeah. But also, also Jokic, like, is supposed to be an MVP candidate. Like a little bit. I mean, he's putting up stats, but a little bit disappointing from him, maybe. Jokic is like really pulling a Michael Porter Jr. here. Like he's not looking good <laughs> at all. I like and, that. And Michael Porter Jr. already has like a thing <laughs> named after him. I just and hate Michael Porter Jr. Good. And it's largely pandemic based, to be honest. Well, that made yeah. me like him more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's so good looking as well. Like he's just he's such so a handsome, handsome idiot. I love him. Um, it's that time, right about that time, for the stars to roll on out. Be on the ball. Sit down. Be on the ball. Hello, Magic fans. And, uh, hello. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, wow. What a series so far. Took game one, just like last year, as we knew they would. They came out. Stole one. <laughs> Only they, team in the East to not get swept, except for the, the three teams, obviously, that did the sweeping. Slow, the only slow series clap for that. that has not uh, been a sweep. And, um, and all that. Okay, today's game, I don't know if anyone watched it. Game no four. No one watched it. It genuine, the Magic genuinely could have won that game. Like, mm. we, were, we, we pulled it back, went up in the third, and there was this one bit where we lost the momentum and it was a bad call by the referee that we then reviewed. We challenged. It was, we went up by one, they came down, missed a three. 
The rebound bounced. It was a loose rebound. Uh, George Hill went to get it. So did Markel Fultz. Both players kind of were shoulder to shoulder. Markel grabbed the ball. George uh, Hill fell over. Foul on Markel. Don't worry. We review it because that's four fouls on Markel. So he now has to sit. You can't have four on Markel. So we review it. Slow-mo, you're like, we're fine. No, they uphold it. Okay, the game just completely changes at that point. We go from having all the momentum, being up, having, and now Markel has to sit. The game, that was the point that lost it. Uh, really sad because already no Jonathan Isaac, no Aaron Gordon, no Alfarik Aminu, no Michael Carter-Williams, no Mo Bamba. Like, who do we even have? One game, James Ennis get ejected. We could be looking at 2-2 right now. Should yeah, be in, man, in you're, you're Rob, man. I must say, I watched um, game three. I was just kind of hoping either Portland or Magic would get up to, you know, tie the series at 2-all. And um, Well, that would have been 2-1 for us. Oh, sorry, oh, game, game four. What, 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 where are we at now? Are they eliminated yet? I can't remember. No, I was watching today not today's game, but the game before that. Game three. And I've never seen a team in a basketball game drive the lane and then just have the ball slip out of their hands yes, directly out of bounds so as often as the Magic do with Fournier and Fultz, just driving the lane okay. and just lobbing the ball out of bounds. Okay, I've got to say something about my guy, even Fournier. <laughs> he is out of his depth. Oh, he looks shocking. <laughs> he is out of his depth because just no defense – the worst turnovers just throws passes out of bounds or just throws yeah. them to the other team and gives up layups at the other end. It's crazy. And then can't make a shot. And then he'll he'll make two threes at the end when the game's out of reach and it doesn't matter to like kind of save his, his, his step now, In game one, but, it was crazy. Because in game one, when I saw that Magic were up, I was like, this is insane. It must be Vucevic and Fournier because they have no one else. Must have 50 points each. And of course, I was right. Vucevic had like 35 or something. But Fournier yeah. was on zero. That yes, was Fournier unbelievable. Was no, but it, he did. He, but the okay. threes he did hit at the death were were crucial. Like if he didn't yeah. hit those, they may have lost. Um, but shout out to Gary Clark and James Ennis, man. Gary Clark is man. That's my guy forever. If he Ennis ever needs, well. um, and yeah, and Ennis as well. He plays with fire. He plays with heart. Um, but I did. A, rem- remind me which Ennis you're talking about. It's not James. Tyler Ennis. James Ennis. James Ennis. Yes. Who's Tyler Ennis? Couldn't tell you. Because Ennis Cantor is the most famous Ennis, and you're going to have to come up with a d- different name for this guy. You've got to call him both names. Call him EJ or something, because that's uh, not carrying. Um, well, it's I like how say the Rockets commentators are always like, another shot by James. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you, it sounds very much like you're talking about LeBron James. <laughs> There's already a famous player called um, Especially James. since you're not, you're not calling every other player by their first name. It doesn't make Paul, sense. Paul, good news for um, Fournier, though. It is really good news that um, Fournier is playing poorly because they were looking at signing him for a max deal, this this like something crazy in this no. offseason. So it's good no, to like, push him back to where he should be. I think you're wrong. He's He's got an opt-in, which he'll probably do. Um, one more year. One more year. <laughs> and then I think he's gone probably. You're just going to let him walk. 
What do you mean? It's I don't know. Anyway, anyway. What okay. do you think was, he do you got, do you really rate question. Evan Fournier? No, I don't, but that was the problem. I was worried the Magic wouldn't sign him for big money no, no, and now no, they he's, don't have he's to. been there he's been there well before the front office came in. Come on, yeah. guy. It's a professional organization. They know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, Paul, I've got a question question for you. because um, you know I'm I'm like a pseudo magic magic guy. Yeah. Um second biggest magic fan on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I I gave up on faults during this series, and then today I watched about three minutes, and he almost won me over. That was probably just between foul three and foul four. <laughs> but what's been really worrying me is that he's been reposting people on Instagram, being like, "He's back. The payoff, like the weight was worth it. Faithful to the grind. He's made it, and he's scoring like twelve points a game. Like I'm not like good effort, but." Do you think is that is he considering that that's like his ceiling is reached? I'm worried. No, 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 no. But here's what I'll say: I did a really long, and this is this is eventually going to kind of make sense. Speaking on that, time out. Uh, it 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 did not eventually make sense. Um, I I basically what happened from this point on for, for a very long time was I I spoke about the Bucks defensive system and Brooke Lopez um, playing illegal defense in, in the key for quite a long time. Eventually Guy was like, you have to stop talking. And I I just wanted to say one more bit and I got quite angry and um, essentially quit the, the podcast on air. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to leave all that in. Um, I, I, it's annoying that I that I went so hard into all of that because I had some pretty good stuff planned on my little bit of paper here. Um, I guess maybe if I rejoin the podcast, that can that can be on future a future it potentially. Um, really good stuff. So okay, I'm not on the rest of the podcast, but. Um, Go Magic. Uh, shout out to all the Magic fans out there. And follow us on Twitter. I think at, at Guy and, and Paul, I think, is the handle. It's, man, the benefits are crazy for following us on Twitter. Exclusive access to the only photos on the internet of the New Zealand All Whites uh, new football jerseys. Genuinely, I think it's the only photos online so if you follow us you can see those obviously um on twitter you can see them regardless but give us a follow and uh go magic okay time back in okay um we've got to get going it's late it's late at night and we've got to we've got to wrap it up now um shout out to the magic um hopefully they can extend the series against the bucks brief comments on celtics versus sixes train wreck uh Absolute train wreck. Pretty sad Man. for Sixers fans, right? Brett, Brett Brown is right up there with Doc Rivers as far as I'm concerned. Like, right, so in the pregame meeting, like, go, what's our plan? Okay, get it to Joel in the post. Fine. Then did no one think, oh, how might, what will they do? Because how did they have no plan after get it to Joel in the post? <laughs> but also, it's just crazy how bad the Sixers are at getting the ball to Joel in the post and how often in the fourth quarter they can't do that. Yeah, well, maybe that's a, maybe in practice they were just so they could never get it to them. So they're like, oh, we don't really need to worry about what will happen after. I do think 
that people are, don't get me wrong, the Sixers are in a dire situation. The front office should be fired. The board should be fired. Um, Elton Brand should be fired and the coach should be fired. But I don't think the situation is quite as dire as people realize. They were missing their second best player. Their team doesn't fit together. But, but they still do have a talented starting five. And with a different coach, maybe they can change the mentality. It's obviously hard to make them make moves because they've got such big contracts. But like, if they run back the same team next year and maybe acquire a couple of shooters somehow, um, the Sixers can be a lot better than this. And I feel like people are overreacting, uh, but getting losing 4-0 is, is pretty bad. And um, especially those two big players, um, Tobias Harris and Al Horford, have been um, pretty grim. Yep, it's not looking good. Get rid of. So I actually have a. I have actually have a plan to save the NBA. And wow. you want to hear it? I want to hear it. Paul, are you still there? <laughs> has, has it been a? Has it been <laughs> a protest? Right, he's, he's gonna. Okay, he's gonna miss out on this. So I think they should get the Knicks, the Kings, and the Bulls and the Sixers into a fourteen fantasy draft. And like all cap, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they just have to. They like. We'll just like. Throw, they have to be under the cap rules, but like basically all contracts are out the window, and it's just a fantasy draft between those four teams only. Because between the four of them, they could f- probably get combinations of players at work. <laughs> but the teams have been assembled so badly. But would that be bad for the Sixers who have the most talent of those lot, who would most undoubtedly get worse? So you get Embiid to the Knicks. You get Levine to the Sixers. You can start. Uh, it's beautiful. Healed to the sixes, maybe. <laughs> what are the kings contributing to this shitstorm? Buddy healed. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I, I. To be honest, things are so clogged up and depressing that I wouldn't mind seeing some sort of progress. Do you think the Celtics are for real? Like they're, they're they've stamped their foot down as looking like a potential, you know, finalist, right? Yeah, I'd, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Like, Daniel Tice is awful, and Cantor is awful, but when they play their small ball lineups, they look really good. I, I, I'm, I'll I'm, believe it when I see it. Like, I still don't believe in Brad Stevens, and I'm like an idiot, but um, uh, I, I can't wait for Celtics-Toronto. I think that's going to be, that's going to be, I think the Bucks' heat will probably be easy for the Bucks, but um, Celtics-Toronto will be really compelling over him. I've watched next to nothing of the Heat's um, paces because I found it boring. Oh, so bad. Duncan Robinson, like, he's – him and Bam are probably my – I have borderline fan fiction about them being best friends off the court as well. But they're such a good combo. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Well, the Heat are interesting because they're such a nice unit and they're so well drilled and they, you know, they do the three-point shooting that Paul was alluding to. Um, so well, like they are, they are good. But I just think that with that collection of players, they're playing absolutely as well as they can, and their ceiling is not that high. I, I, I'll be excited to be, you know, I don't think the Bucks are that good, so I think the Heat could give them a scare. But it should be, um, it should be the end of the Heat in the next round. Timeout. I want this documented. The Miami Heat will beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game series. Time back in. Yeah, is that have we covered everyone? Oh, um, Lakers. Uh, any any Lakers Blazers big thoughts? Blazers gave him a bit of a scare. Yeah, because oh, before when I think I was speaking to a friend before the playoffs, and I was like, just because my basketball watching has coincided with LeBron's like career, there must be like a Michael Jordan effect where I just don't. There will never. I, I'll believe that he is unbeatable until the point 
where he's suddenly not, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I've been waiting for the LeBron gear. And then, Jesus, the first, like, two minutes of today, today's game, you just know they're not going to lose. Yeah. And um, and I guess that's why a lot of people do pick the Lakers to win. Um, and AD is, whole- like, incredible, right? Like, I don't get how, like, after that first loss against the Blazers, people are like, LeBron, he's lost it. But LeBron isn't their best player. AD is mm. the best player. Like, how, or at least their best, like, all round like two way player. It's crazy that he doesn't get more. Oh, I don't know that the coverage is sort of like so pointed at LeBron. But when AD plays awesome, like that's when you realize how much potential they have. I've always been quite high on the Lakers, but I just think it's too much of a. I mean, no team's really firing on all cylinders at the moment. Maybe the Mavs, um, but I just I just think that other teams um, are going to have more. Um, serious rosters like the the Lakers are just a bit too top heavy with just like those three other guys like they're going to play massive minutes to Danny Green um they're just not they're just not giving them enough to be real serious contenders but at the same time I often believe that just like the best player will win the series and um yeah if LeBron and AD can can lift their team they can go anywhere kind of thing I never ever thought I'd say this but the Lakers really need Rondo just for like five, just for the five minutes of the game where things die when LeBron's off and AD can't get any playmaking, he just starts taking stupid shots. Yeah, yeah, and it becomes you want someone, um, to, you want someone to dribble it around for twenty-two seconds. Who's the white guy on the Lakers? Um, Caruso. Caruso, he's got to grow some hair or like take off the headband or so, speaking of weird looks, like Shave I just can't it. believe that guy's on an NBA team. Eh? It's amazing. Yeah, and pretty good. He's he's pretty good, but I think I think he might get exposed or be a little bit out of his depth come second and third round. I could be wrong, but um, he's yeah he looks against the Blazers anyway. He's he's doing the trick. Um, that's probably everything. Paul, you still there? Paul's died. <laughs> um, thanks to everyone for listening. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. Sorry there hasn't been a podcast in a while. Um, that was my fault um, due to massive technical issues and my um, absolute stupidity. Um, but that's all for this week. Uh, I've been Guy Williams. I've been I'm gonna I've been JT and I'm gonna say goodbye on behalf of Paul, who doesn't normally do it. Yeah. Um thanks Paul. Thanks JT and uh catch ya on the flippity floppity. <laughs>
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.